0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Yeah, that's why we come. All right, get your Bibles out. Get ready. We're going to jump in this morning. As I said, uh, a little bit different service from the structure. And we've moved some things around. We're going to go back in at the end of the service and do some things, some more worship, and have an opportunity to really connect. And the hope is, all we know to do is create an environment for you to step out a little bit more. Don't again get into routine. Press into God. There's a number of ways that'll look, and I'll give those instructions later. But today, the message uh, falls in line with a series that we started at the beginning of the month called "You Ask for It," which comes from a survey we did during Easter to find out the topics that you want to hear the word on. What does the Bible say? We do this every year. We do one month where we do topics on things that you've asked to hear some more about the word on. The first two, we've already taken place. Today's actually the last one. And you've asked for... Some word on the topic of forgiveness. And I think there's just what a powerful topic that is. In fact, an impossibility to really, you know, to cover it in its entirety, it, it just even in a series, is something that will definitely take more than what we're able to do today. In fact, just digging into it really has motivated me to find time that we, to create a series around that topic. It's so crucial in our life for so many reasons, and it has everything to do with relationships and and success and failures, if you will, and relationships, hurts, and celebrations all happen in life through relationships, but the most important thing in our life is our relationship with God, and the only reason, the only way, rather, we can have a relationship with God is because of forgiveness. Forgiveness. Because sin cannot stand in front of a holy God. And so Jesus came and gave his life, his blood, shed his blood to pay for our sin. So now because we've been forgiven of those sins, we can have a relationship and encounter a face-to-face relationship with the only true and living God. And we celebrate that and we love that. And I was thinking about that. I'm thinking, God, what can you share on forgiveness? It's such a huge topic. So what, what lane can you run in this morning that maybe I can inspire, motivate, and create a moment that we can respond in some capacity? And I really was focused on that my, my relationship with God has everything to do with the forgiveness he provided me, even though I did not deserve it, even though I could never earn it, that the forgiveness God extended, it was nothing in my own ability I could earn or even ask for, and yet he wanted it so much that he initiated it. By sending Jesus, God initiated uh, forgiveness for you and I by sending the one who who had committed no offense, the one who gave his life, he did nothing wrong, and yet I live my life and I'm offended and hurt by people knowing that I should forgive, and one of the first things I say is, but I did nothing wrong, but God loved us, and Jesus, who did nothing wrong, came as sacrifice so we could walk in forgiveness. How powerful and important is forgiveness in our life? How important is it for you and I to walk in life by making sure that we're releasing things that other people have done so unforgiveness does not become an obstacle or hindrance to what God wants to do in us and through us? Because the truth is and the reality is in our life, our greatest struggles in life come from the hurts and things that have happened, whether you did anything or not. It doesn't even matter, but those hurts create things in our life that if we don't learn to release those and give those unto God, then we walk differently in life than God ever intended. Unforgiveness Is a great tool of the enemy to keep you from fulfilling what God has. And so I I, I wrestled with this, the significance of forgiveness in my life with God, and how is it that I live my life loving the forgiveness that God gives? And I'm thankful, and I am always thank you for forgiving me, God. And and when I fall and mess up, I'm thankful for the salvation he provided, and then I'm I'm repenting and trying to turn from my ways and live differently in those moments. but, But I celebrate that. I'm telling people all the time, God's forgiven you of all your sins, and yet I struggle with forgiving others. And yet I immediately go to God and I rejoice and celebrate that forgiveness he's provided in my life, but I want to hold this against somebody else for so long. And I know the reason because in our humanity, we have this sense of fairness or justice that we try and navigate and we try and find a way through that because we felt we've been wronged and maybe you have not. And hear this right now, I'm not belittling any pain. There's real pain and there's real hurt and I understand that. There's horrible things in this evil, evil world we live in. There is horrible things that have happened to people. And if you were to tell me some of the things, but pastor, you don't know, if you were to tell me some of the things that happened to you, I would probably agree with you and hate that person too. But that's not what God's asking. Because really forgiveness, if you will, really has nothing to do with the one that has offended you. It has everything with the one that has the ability to forgive. And understand this, when I say the ability to forgive, the ability to forgive is not our own. The ability to forgive is impossible in the natural, but you don't know what happened to me. It's impossible for me to think that way. It's impossible for me to respond that way to somebody. And you're right, it is impossible, with, but with God, all things are possible. And you see, our forgiveness from God became, came through this one word, the key to everything is faith. Well, wait a minute, I thought faith was for my healing. I thought faith was for my finances. I thought faith was for things I wanted to happen in my life. And yes, it is. Faith is the basis of everything we are and everything we have. It is the basis of our relationship with God, of forgiveness by, if we're saved, but through grace, by, by grace through faith. But it's also what's required to release other people that have hurt you. It's going to take faith. It's going to take faith, and the great thing about that is because of the faith that we had to step into that relationship and receive the forgiveness that God provided you and I, we've also received the capacity, we've also received the ability to extend that faith and release it other people that have wronged and hurt us. It is impossible in your own ability. It is impossible, natural man, it is impossible to really forgive, walk in the forgiveness that is needed, required, called for by Scripture without faith, because we don't understand it, we don't want to do it. It goes against what we know, what we feel, and yet faith is something that's not associated with who we are, but who he is. It's not associated with our capacity and ability to do or perform anything, but his capacity and ability to do and perform everything. And so we find that really forgiveness flows out of our relationship with God, not even really our relationship with people. The hurts and offenses come with our relationship from people, but the answer is the relationship with God. And allowing that relationship that gives you the ability and capacity to forgive others to become more dominant and prominent in your life than your want of justice or fairness. And again, I'm not belittling the hurts. I have my own. I understand that. I understand that. And so let's take a look for just a few moments here, and then we'll get on to our encounter time. But understand that Jesus came to bring forgiveness to mankind. In fact, he initiated. He initiated the forgiveness that you would need before you were even on the planet. That's how important forgiveness is to God. And the key to our forgiveness is this one word, faith. Faith is the step we take into something that makes no sense. And today, on this topic, we have to apply faith. You have to take a step into what may not make sense, take a step into something that you may not want to do. But on the other side of your step of faith is your answer, your miracle, your peace, which is what we all want. And we need to learn this because we tend to try and walk in it not by faith, but by feelings and emotions. And again, I know the pain is real, the hurt is real. I know that based on what we've experienced, it seems impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And so that whole idea of hurts in our relationships and what that does, what it causes us to do is just this process of, first of all, what we experience is separation. We have this moment that someone's hurt or offended us. They may not even know it, but then we, we separate ourselves to try and find a place of, of not being hurt anymore. Our coping is separation, and so we'll separate ourselves from that. And then if we're not careful, separation will, will turn into a wall, we'll build a wall, and we'll build a wall because we've not dealt with it like we should. We've not released that, released that person, so our natural next step is to build a wall. So we build a wall around our hurts, and we try to build a wall around that relationship. But please understand something. You can't build a wall around a person. You're building a wall around an emotion. And here's what we tell ourselves. Well, I just don't care. Is that the greatest lie the devil has? I don't care. I just don't care. Can I tell you God created you to care? God created me to be a caring being, a compassionate, caring being, because God cares. Therefore, I care. He created me that way. I'm created in his image. And so when we try and create a wall because of our hurt, and what we do is we can't just wall off or block out somebody. We block out an emotion. So what you do is you not only block out the bad people, eventually you block out the good people, and then eventually you block out God. And so what happens in that moment, because we're trying to cope with unforgiveness because we haven't learned how to release it by faith, then not only do we build a wall, then it escalates. Because it just consumes us and so what we do is we escalate it and we now we justify things and, we try, and with our tongue we start taking things to a whole other level and that thing which seemed, was seemingly is people that are not involved in the situation. Have you ever been there when someone's talking to you about what's, what's going on and they tell you and you're like, seriously, that's it? <laughs> and what has happened because we've separated, we've, we've created some separation that we built a wall around an emotion and then we've allowed that then to have greater life and with our mouth we've fed that and we've escalated the situation now greater than the situation. And then what happens in that moment, we allow the devil to come in because, again, we haven't learned to release it by faith. And when the enemy comes in and gets in the mix and he causes, causes false beliefs, and now all of a sudden, you're believing things that never even happened. You're having conversations in your mind that if I ever get this chance, and now what that happens, is it's created different scenarios and things that never are associated with what initially happened. Because you've allowed the enemy to come in and believe, believe a lie. And so let me tell you how important, how important forgiveness is by God that he sent his son Jesus to die on you, it is equally important that you have unforgiveness by the devil. The devil wants you to walk in unforgiveness. He wants you to find separation. He wants you to build a wall because eventually you'll wall out everything. And he wants you to escalate and take it to another level because he wants to slip in and create scenarios of false belief. And then he creates hostility, which is the final step. And then we find this place of hostility. And yes, it may be hostile towards your spouse or towards your kids or towards a coworker or a boss or towards a person. But let me tell you, hostility typically is something that is inside of us. It's an inner turmoil. You'll have hostility with your feelings and emotions. You won't find any peace. You won't find any freedom you won't find any joy anymore and it doesn't even really have anything to do with the other person they can be living in peace and joy and you have hostility in your own life and so we wrestle this and we try and walk this out and try and find the answers in and, and every relationship that, that this happens in, in life and how do I know that and how do we find a way out of this and here's how I know this it's because that's what happened to us That's really where we are in our relationship with God. I mean, there was a distance and separation that was created, and then over time, we, we began to wall out things because of our sin, and because of our sin nature, and because of things that were happening, and then all of a sudden, we began to escalate things, and these aren't real, and this thing's real, and I don't believe that, and where is God, and why is this happening, and then it becomes something, we start believing things about God that's not true, because we haven't really surrendered to him, and then all of a sudden, we've got this hostile, and I don't want anything, don't tell me about God anymore, don't tell me about that church, I don't want to go there, and yet, in the midst of all that, God initiated forgiveness. With you and I. And so take a look at, if, uh, let's take a look at this morning at Ephesians 2.12. That's the same condition we just described that we find ourselves in before we accepted the forgiveness God provided through Jesus. He says this in Ephesians 2.12-14, says this, remember, and when you see the word remember in the scripture, you know what, highlight that, underline it, make a note about it, because that means that you need to go back regularly, because it means we have a tendency to forget things. And apparently, there's some great importance, power, and significance to be reminded of things. And this one says Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near. Say, brought near. Brought near by the blood of Jesus. Listen, that's our condition we just described, and it's a condition not only do we find ourselves in with God, and then all of a sudden Jesus initiates a process of forgiveness through faith, and it says this, that we were brought near. Say brought near again. Oh, you need to get revelation of that because it wasn't that something that you pursued him in and wasn't something that you decided to do. It's something that God decided to do before the beginning of time. to create and established to bring those who need forgiveness near to him through the blood of Jesus. So our forgiveness, he initiated through the blood of Jesus Christ for everybody. We've been brought here. Oh no, but I went to church and responded to the altar call. Oh no, he initiated it long before you were even on the planet, before you even committed a sin. He created a process or a way by which we could find forgiveness. Almost, it didn't even really have anything to do with you. You weren't even born. You weren't even a thought in your parents' eyes. Mine. And all of a sudden, we were brought near by the blood of Jesus. It goes on to say this, for he himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. That through his work, we find the peace, the peace that we want through him, who has made the two groups one. Listen, he has destroyed the barriers, the walls that we create, and the dividing wall of hostility Through his blood, the work on the cross. And that is where we find our power, our capacity to forgive other people. God brought us near through the blood of Jesus. So when we remember that in the moment, when we remember that in our hurts, our trials, our tests, when we remember that, the Bible says he becomes our peace. He becomes our peace. And there is where we find our strength and ability then to extend forgiveness to other people. Because to me, it just doesn't make sense of how important forgiveness is to, to God to extend that to mankind, for Jesus to shed his blood, to bring us near. If, if it's that important to God, and I can't see anything of greater significance because the only way we have salvation is through that forgiveness, then if it's that important to God, how can it not be that important to us to extend it to other people? And then if that's the truth, then how can God create it in a way that if we're to extend to other people and it's beyond our capacity or ability if he wouldn't provide the peace that we cannot do? And he has, but I can't, I know you can't, I can't either, but through the blood of Jesus, we can. It's faith. We step out into that place that he has provided his strength, his ability. We have been brought near, he initiated it. He initiated it and he did nothing wrong. He took care of it at the cross. And every time we remember, every time we remember that something happens, he himself becomes our peace. And the truth is, What we're really asking is not for an apology from the other person. We're really not asking for an admission of guilt or wrongdoing and acknowledgement of that. We're really not asking for, for justice or punishment. What we're really asking for is for there to be peace on the inside of our heart and our life. Because the reality is that whoever may have hurt you in whatever way, shape, or form, they may no longer be on the planet. And probably for a lot of us that's the case. You may never find access to that person or be be around them and you're not even necessarily required to be around them. So it's not even that that you want. We just want peace, we want healing from the hurt. When we remember what he did, when we grasp the reality of what he's done, what he initiated through the cross, he becomes our peace. He destroyed the barriers we created. So how do we do that? And that sounds great and wonderful about how we do that. Let's take a look then in Ephesians 4. Look down in Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says this. It says this, that because, because of he brought us near and because he becomes our peace, when we remember, it says, now we need to get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And I just described a lot of our relationships, didn't I, right there? Well, it was just my wife and I this morning, in fact, Pastor Don. All right. All right. <laughs> That's hard enough, but then he says, and by the way, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Say just as. The power in that scripture to me is just as. You can do it just as Jesus did it. You can do it just as God established it because it's in Christ. It's in him. You have the ability, not in your own strength or ability, but in him, just as he did, you can, by faith, You don't have to understand it, you don't have to know completely how it operates, but you know you got it, because you got Jesus. Because God initiated that through Jesus in us, so just as, just as is powerful, just as, and look at that, just as, in Christ, God forgave you. Again, I'm asking you to do something that seemingly is impossible. You can forgive people if you can remember that you were brought near by the blood of Jesus. And you can forgive people and get your peace back in your heart if you can remember just as in Christ, God forgave you. And this means when God forgave you that it changed, it changed everything, it changed everything that it gave you the power and the capacity again to forgive. You can have peace in your heart regardless of what the other party does or does not do. And so he offers that to you. And so this morning, you know, just getting ready for today, I'm like, God, what? This is a big topic. The more I began to open it, the more I began to pray about it and more I began to study it process it these things just kept rolling around in me and again it just has inspired me to look at further teaching on it if you will but for my self-processing I just started to write some things this morning and I was drawn to Luke 23, 34 and I don't know how you can even talk about forgiveness without this scriptures I'm trying to read my handwritten notes that were hurriedly wrote this morning during sound check as I was sitting on the front row but look at this Jesus said Father forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. A powerful moment, and understand the moment, the time preceding that, Jesus experienced the most humiliating, terrible torture and pain known to man. There was no way, there was no other way or means by which Rome would, would, would execute somebody than by crucifixion. In fact, it was the most expensive way. It took the most time, energy, effort, resources, and yet they wanted to prove a point with Jesus. They stripped him naked. They beat him unrecognizable. He bled everywhere, stripes on his back, crown of thorns on his head, spear in his side, nails on his hands and his feet. He hung him up to humiliate him. People mocked him and spit on him, and he did nothing wrong and he stood there in that moment and he said father forgive them for what they do and I was thinking about that this morning was he talking about the soldiers that maybe he recognized that had be that's a guy that just punched me in the face that's like was he talking about the people and the religious leaders and the others that were spitting on him mocking him was he saying father forgive them those that are harming me right here and I believe that not to be the case I believe that he was in a sense but he was saying father forgive them meaning humanity he's saying I've initiated this now do it He's saying in the midst of all this, in the midst of this hurt, hurt, this pain, this humiliation, in the midst of all this that I did nothing wrong, in the midst of this, I've initiated this forgiveness, Father God. Now provide forgiveness at anyone that will call upon your name. And then I believe he also provide, provide along with that their ability, Father God, to forgive just as I forgive. But you don't know, I don't know. I know what, what I read that Jesus went through. And so we look at that and we, we try and understand it a little bit, and, and it was amazing to me because his desire was for forgiveness. His desire was for forgiveness. And I remember then the natural process for me was the, the, the way that, that it would go as I went back then to think about the garden. And I remember the night before he was taken away, and he was, it was at this rock and kneel down the stone, and he's crying out to God, and he's, he's sweating great drops of blood, and he's saying, Father, if there's any other way that this can happen... Take this cup from me, but nevertheless, at your will. And I believe he was wrestling, yes, with, the, 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 with what was actually going to happen physically to him. He knew he was physically going to be tortured and beaten. But just maybe, just maybe part of that was he was thinking about in his own humanity because he was 100% God, 100% man. He was maybe thinking about let this cup pass from me. I didn't do anything wrong, I didn't commit an offense. Maybe he was saying this that's not fair. That's not right. I didn't do anything. But yet, understand that when he then turned to the Father and said, but not my will, your will, what Jesus did was he recognized that God's desire was forgiveness was so great, and because of his great love for the Father, then his desire for the forgiveness of humanity became great. And I wonder, what was he saying there? I think his desire for forgiveness of other's his desire for forgiveness for others became greater than his desire for fairness for himself. And maybe we wrestle with this sometimes because we have a greater desire for it to be fair or for justice for ourselves, that we forget God's plan and desire is for forgiveness for all of mankind. Because remember, we walk in a sense, we'll have, we'll have the freedom, and that salvation experience of forgiveness, we'll have freedom, and we'll have peace, and we'll have joy in heaven one day. But in expressing forgiveness to other people, I believe we'll have freedom and peace and joy on the earth. And the question would be, is my desire for forgiveness for other people, regardless of what they've done to me, is that greater than my desire for fairness for me, whom I may have not have done anything? And so I wondered that. I wondered, was Jesus' desire for, for the, the, the forgiveness for mankind greater than his desire for fairness for himself, or was Jesus' desire and love for his father greater than his love for himself? Because how do you come with that? How do you balance that out with your own hurts and needs and wrongdoing? Then how do you say it's not fair and stuff, and then, and, and then all of a sudden want to forgive people greater than you want fairness for yourself? It has to be attached to his love for God. And I thought, well, that's what faith is anyways. It's going to take faith because faith is not operating in how much you love God. It's operating in how much God loves you. And, and, so, and so in that moment, I believe Jesus was reminded of how much his father loved him, that he was willing He was willing then to extend forgiveness to others instead of his own fairness because his love for God was greater than his love for himself. And maybe, maybe the key to our ability to forgive the horrible, terrible wrongs that have happened in our life, maybe it's attached in some way, shape, or form for our desire to forgive greater than our desire for fairness, thereby our love for God being greater than our love for ourselves trust I don't understand this I don't want to do this but I trust you God faith makes no sense to me but God I'm going to step out there faith is doing something you don't understand doesn't make sense to you and the level of trust that we have for God is based on the way we believe he loves us not what we believe we love about him and he loves you enough. Shall we just make the circle? He loves you enough to initiate forgiveness by sending his son, Jesus. Bible talks about no greater love. God's forgiveness because God forgives. Listen, God forgives because he loves man. Man forgives because he loves God. And God extended forgiveness to man we need to extend the same thing. Receiving is God, and, I, and I'm gonna get ready in just a second to move off this point, but I was thinking about that this morning as well. Receiving God's love and forgiveness in our life did not undo the past that we did, He, he took it away. It did not change, in a sense the actions and the sins that we had committed, but it made them of no effect, and what it did do is change your future. I think sometimes our greatest hindrance to forgiving other people can be, or forgiving the things that have been done wrong in our life, because we want things undone. We want the past hurts to be changed, but forgiveness is not about changing or undoing what has been done, It is about changing what is ahead, not what is behind. It's about changing your future, not your past. You can live life forward in faith and in forgiveness. See, the reality is, and we've already said this, but it doesn't necessarily even have anything tied, if you will, to what the other person. I'm not saying that you get warm fuzzies and you go hug them and all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about it's not going to undo Maybe what has been done to you in the past, but it will change what can be done in the future. Extending forgiveness exchanges, uh, your, changes your future. Let me give you just a couple of practical things real quick. Number one, we need to learn to receive God's forgiveness. Receive God's forgiveness, and I say that very carefully because those who've received Jesus as Savior and Lord, we said, got that one, let's go on to number two. But let me stop for just a moment, and I don't know if you really completely understand the forgiveness that God has provided you. Because what I find many Christians living their life, and even it seems like myself at times when I do make a mistake and fall, and we will, then I'm trying to go to God again sometimes and trying to seek that forgiveness again instead of coming to a place of repentance and accountability and changing some things. I'm asking for forgiveness all over again. And understand there's a lot of us that live that way. Listen, you don't earn your forgiveness. He initiated it because he loved you and he's completely forgiven you, but he wants you to walk righteously. And when you make mistakes, the Bible says we be quick to repent. Repent means to change from your way. Go to him and say, man, I blew it, and then do better the next time. But listen, you're not trying to earn your forgiveness. But here's what happens when we think of that in our mind. Then we expect the same kind of behavior from the other person. Then we expect somebody else to earn their forgiveness with us, and that's never going to happen. So you need to learn to receive completely the forgiveness that God has provided. And yes, there'll be mistakes. And yes, we will fall. And yes, we will fail. And then we pick ourselves up. We brush ourselves back off. We repent. We ask God. And we do some things different in our life. Receive God's forgiveness. The second thing I want to tell you is this: acknowledge your own mistakes. Acknowledge, I need to acknowledge my own mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Who am I? In fact, the scripture talks about in Matthew 7, Jesus says, make sure that you work on you. Make sure that you work on you that we don't think that we live ourselves, our lives with mistake free, or that we've not offended or or hurt other people. All of us need forgiveness. We all have brokenness, failures, and mistakes, even ourselves. Number three, abandon your right to get even. Abandon your right to get even. See, we live in a culture of justice, revenge, payback. In fact, Jesus was teaching a radical message back in that day which got him in so much trouble because the Romans worshiped revenge. You steal something from me, I'm stealing something from you. You hurt me, I'm gonna hurt you. They worshiped the God of revenge, and even in Jewish culture that day, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, blood for blood. But Jesus said, Christ followers don't seek revenge, they seek forgiveness. It was a radical message, but it was because of the power of forgiveness. Christians don't take revenge, they forgive. You know, Jesus on the cross, again, Father, forgive them Number four, pray for those who hurt you. And this is going to be so hard, but so powerful. Pray for those, as I see in the scripture, pray for those who hurt you. Luke 6, 28, New Living Translation says, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Are you kidding me? That is the last thing. Okay, and can I, I've been there. Okay, I'll pray for them. God, remember those plagues? There's a couple of those that, I mean, I know you probably got some ideas, but if you need some, I'm here for you, but you can start there. I'm not talking about that kind of praying for him. And you may only be able to say, God, yeah. God, yeah. But here's how, here's why we don't do it, because we don't think it's going to change anything. But can I tell you, prayer is not to change that person. Prayer is to change you. So when you pray for that person, they may never, ever change. But you know what? Your heart will because you can't commune with God in that way and you can't express things in prayer and stay the same and that person may never ever change but it's not about that it's about you changing and then being different walking differently that way not bound up by the unforgiveness and the hurt and the pain so prayer changes you and then forgive as you have been forgiven forgive as you have been forgiven how can we do anything but we cherish we treasure our forgiveness so much and so thankful for what God did, how can we not then extend it to somebody else? We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.